Welcome everybody to episode 119 of the Startup Show. Today we are here at Startfred and I'm excited to talk to the CEO and co-founder of Meteometrics, Martin. And today we're talking about regulations of drones, drones, weather forecast and why it's important to have and about some very interesting advice that you can get firsthand from the entrepreneurs. Stay tuned. Welcome to episode 119 of the Startup Show. Today we're here in St. Gallen at Startfeld, and I'm very excited to speak to Dr. Martin Fengler, who is the CEO and co-founder of Metromatrix. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's uh, very exciting to be here in St. Gallen. Um, as I said, like Startfeld is very much associated with the University of St. Gallen, where I currently study. And it's very exciting to have you here. And it's a very new vertical industry with these drones and weather measurement, but before we get into what you do, I would like you to give us a brief introduction about yourself. Okay, yeah. First, let me thank you for having the opportunity to introduce myself and, of course, Metematics to you. My background is that I studied mathematics in uh, Kaiserslautern, yeah. did my PhD in some sort of numerical weather prediction, and then um, I moved on to a private weather forecasting company, left that they had full of ideas and started Mediumatics. And tell us a little bit, like, you know, the early days of, let's say, Mediumatics, like, how, how was that? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I found classically this, this yeah. company uh, at home on my couch, <laughs> on my own. It was uh, sort of an accident, was planned a bit differently, but in the end it uh, turned out a bit good this way. And about a year after foundation, we moved into Starfeld. It was at that time a different location, and now about six months ago we, we moved uh, into these new offices uh, yeah. Again, I'm biased towards the university because I studied there. Yeah. Um, but like, maybe give us a little bit of some questions. It's probably the first one here on the show that like, you know chose to be here. Yeah. Maybe give us some couple of sentences, impressions uh, about around here, what you see here. Maybe the benefits of being here. Yeah, well, um, so my personal background again um, uh, made me move into to Switzerland about 13 years ago and um, stayed here. I'm still here. And then this is why I found also the company here. And other um, the point is uh, that Switzerland gives you um, the chance to develop a lot of things in this startup spectrum more rapidly than in other locations. Mm -hmm. And this is especially true for the drone industry. Mm -hmm. We have great support by the Federal of Civil Aviation. And this makes us pushing things forward. This is why a lot of activities from even international companies um, around drones are happening in Switzerland. Good, so, so let's, I mean, drone, I mean, like, I get very excited when we start talking about drones. Yeah. Uh, so, so give us a little bit of insights about uh, what you started with us. Yeah, effectively, you would call it a vertical industry, and this is more than true for yeah. our drones. So we are picking up weather data, mm -hmm. just temperature, humidity, wind speed, wind direction, pressure, and so on. We do this by flying up vertically, straight into the sky, one and a half kilometer, three kilometers. So we are actively taking part in civil air traffic. So we need to coordinate with the Federal Office of Civil Aviation, with the air traffic control and so on. And a couple of years ago, we received the, what is called the Beyond Visual Line of Sight approval. So we're actually allowed to do this anywhere in Switzerland. Okay, there are some, some constraints around control zones. But currently, we are undertaking, for instance, a pilot study with Zurich Airport. So yeah. we're effectively flying in Zurich Airport <laughs> in the vicinity to improve the fog forecast at Zurich Airport. So this is something we are working on. So 
our main focus is not the drone, though we are we like them. <laughs> Everyone does drones, but of course, we have our main interest is in the data. So we take the data that we uh, gather and put them in real time into a numerical weather code. Yeah. So we are assimilating the data, having a better initial state from which where we start and where we, from where we compute the uh, weather forecast. And this allows us to give our users much better fog forecast, low stratus forecast, and thunderstorm forecast. Mm -hmm. And this is our mantra. So yeah. when we leave a building in the morning, yeah. we aim to, to have a better forecast than you have ever seen. So in the early uh, summer morning, you have a blue sky, Meteomatics wants to be that company that knows where the storms in the afternoon are located. You know, I, I also sometimes watch the news and I would say, yeah, the weather forecast is not always correct, but many times it's kind of accurate. Where is this like the differentiation between the status quo and what, what you are now currently developing? Yeah, it's, it's exactly what you say, it's about quality. In the B2C sector, for a lot of people it doesn't make a difference whether it's 40 degrees or 14.5 degrees Celsius yeah. outside. It doesn't really matter. Um, it, it matters um, if you're hit by a storm or not. Okay, then, yeah. but this, is, <laughs> this rarely happens and especially if you're not going outside and staying in an office or then you even don't care about storms at all. But if you're looking into some industries, you start realizing that a lot of industry have a strong weather dependency. Mm -hmm. So this could be airports, this could be insurances, this could be retail, this could be renewable energies, for mm -hmm. instance. So um, just to give you some idea, for last year the German transmission system operators published a figure of around 1 billion euros mm -hmm. loss because of bad short-term weather forecast. And this is where we talk about forecast for the next eight hours. I don't understand. Is this long or short or like it should be easy eight, to... Eight hours, man. And this is from here to, to this afternoon. <laughs> so this is nothing. So a lot of people talk about, uh, will there be some white Christmas? Or not? This is not... Mathematics is not about long-term. Yeah. Our mantra is to get current day right. <laughs> so this is really an, an important point. A lot of industries have a great interest in that. Um, and once you have the intraday right, then uh, you have a good part of the problem already solved. Sure. I mean, like you mentioned the airport, which I can understand that plants have to land safely. Mm -hmm. um, are there any other industries that, let's say, make this the understanding of metrics a little bit uh, more comprehensible. Yeah, currently we have a lot of renewable energies that we see everywhere. For instance, in Germany we have already 80 gigawatts installed capacity. What does it mean? So in case of, of solar, it's 40 and wind also 40. This means it's a capacity of about 40 nuclear power plants. Mm -hmm. 40, 5, 4, 0. Wow. Uh, it's this amazing number of solar power that is installed. Now imagine that you do not know as a supplier or as a transmission operator when the fog forms or when the clouds are coming in. You do not know it exactly. What does it mean for the transmission system? You have large RAMs in your network which you can't compensate. So you have always the threat of a blackout. Imagine the situation number one is that but the entire journey does like this and, uh, and you have a blackout. And to overcome this issue, a lot of attempts from different angles of attack are done to, to provide good short-term forecasts about tracking clouds, moving them and, and stuff like that with using satellite data or something. But especially the data from the first mile of the atmosphere where we are currently completely flying blindly, so there are no measurements at all while we are talking. Mm -hmm. 
but the, there's a trigger for fog storms and, and so on. There, these drones become extremely important and gives you the edge to outperform all of our European competitors today. Yeah, talk a little bit more about the drone. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can elaborate on, let's say, what kind of sensors you have in here, and will the very first you know, if, if there is a storm, you can't fly them, I guess, or like. Uh, actually, um, we, are, um, we are not flying in the storm, yeah. but um, these instruments, as you can see, with the speakers here about University of Oklahoma and the National Severe Storms Laboratory and so on, these were actually used in, um, in tornado research. So mm -hmm. we um, had projects um, with the National Severe Storms uh, Laboratory two years ago and year last year, where we flew these systems under operational conditions right 20 minutes before the tornado forms. So it's, it's um, early in the morning, we didn't know where to fly, so they, they gave us a weather briefing, pointed us to that direction, and then we traveled there and, and uh, conducted these flights. Flew them one and a half kilometer high and, and picked up these data, sent them to the forecasters so that they can judge the current situation. So in case of tornadoes, we had to fly in, in weather conditions, um, windy, really windy conditions, uh, between 1900 kmh. They look like a toy at first glance, yeah. but these little drones that we completely manufacture ourselves are in fact weapons. So it goes up like a rocket. It does climb rates of more than 20 meters per second. Per second, wow. And um, they can stably fly in these conditions. Mm -hmm. And they, as you can see here, we see the end number of the aircraft. They got an approval in the States. Uh, similar to an approval that we have here in Switzerland, uh, there the con conditions are a bit different. Yeah. So in Switzerland, for instance, we have a rescue system attached to our drones, but this is exactly what we are, we are doing here. Mm -hmm. So when you have, let's say, an outlook over the next, let's say, one to five years, where would you like to see yourself then? Currently, we have in each of our locations an, an operator running these drones. So we have fully employed drone operators. Even while we are talking uh, last night, people took profiles. And of course, uh, this is really expensive, but it gives us the data to learn about the data, to learn about the hardware, and to improve things. Mm -hmm. And what we're currently working on is a complete remote-operated platform. And uh, this gives us the first time in history that the chance to, to run multiple drones at the same time from a remote location. Mm -hmm. So you should think of a tactical operating center. Um, if you will visit us uh, in our offices, you can already see it. And you can see the drone platform, the first prototypes out of it, opening, leaving the drone. The drone goes up to, to an altitude of 3,000 meters above ground, mm -hmm. taking these measurements, returning, and then it starts recharging. In every episode, usually I ask one or two questions that I got and during my off-the-record interview with investors, yeah. where I asked them, like, I'm conducting these videos anyway, so what would you like to know from the startups I'm meeting? One of the key questions that they always tell me, or like I, I heard several times, is a question about product market fit. I'm sure you've heard about that term. Um, and the question what they usually ask is, have you found it, number one? And if you didn't, how are you planning on finding it? Customers are always, in the first part of the conversation, are interested to purchase these drones. <laughs> But in fact, they start realizing, oh, I, I need to fly them. Yes. So what we offer them is a full entire service to deliver these data, and there we do talk about national med services usually, but um, even, even a larger part of the community is not really interested in the, in the data itself, but uh, especially if it comes to industry, but in the drone-enhanced weather forecasts. Mm -hmm. 
and there we do have uh, lots of customers already mm -hmm. the energy sector automotive industry for instance logistics maritime sector and so on and and each of the customers that we already do have today are also customers from the drone enhanced weather forecast mm -hmm. that of course is something that we currently only have in Switzerland but um, our customers are from Central Europe and in the States in Israel for instance and a good starting point to further elaborate on the existing customer structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm fascinated by the drone, but again, like what we do with them is even more interesting. But like, I want to go a little bit um, more into also, let's say, into the Swiss startup ecosystem. Right. And I'm curious to see and hear from you if there's anything, let's say, they would you say that stands out in particular from a characteristic point of view, especially you're surrounded here by so many startups. So maybe you can give us some insights about that. Uh, to the startup scene, uh, well, um, I think the support is really great. So yeah. this is, of course, uh, something that you um, hear quite often. But let, let us be more specific. So right from the beginning, we had great support from from the authorities in Sunderland. It starts with um, tax department, tax reliefs there, and, and, and other uh, important points that comes together. Even before any investor believes in you, you have already gotten the um, the support from from these sort of entities, and then you start uh, starting these conversations about approvals and so on. And even there, you get this massive support for for developing technologies and meet people from Startfeld uh, helping you to get grants um, yeah. or even uh, investment funds. You have lots of pitch fests where you can test your idea, discuss with with colleagues, and, and this is really great. Do you see any specific, let's say, trends uh, in terms of the startups that you see that you would say like? Let's say beyond the weather measurement, is there anything that is yeah. <laughs> the current trends? Is I think it's blockchain. Yeah. So maybe we should uh, <laughs> add we blockchain should add Yeah, yeah. And just help us. <laughs> <laughs> this will definitely um, uh, change the valuation of our company mm -hmm. um, by factor of two. We are getting now a very exciting moment of the show because usually before the show i post on facebook instagram linkedin anywhere um, a little teaser that i'm going to interview right. you yeah. and i asked my audience what they would like to ask you yeah. and i did get um, two questions and the first one is the following i actually got them through whatsapp i have a whatsapp group where people um, engage with my content and these two questions came from there so number one how do you develop the pricing model monthly yearly or on demand question mark And what is the unique selling point compared to others? This question, by the way, comes from Holger from my WhatsApp group. So thank you for asking. Okay. <laughs> Our entire business model uh, is subscription-based, yeah. uh, which is quite good. You, you wake up on the 1st of January uh, next year, and then you've already gotten lots of revenue from your last year's activities. So this is always uh, something which yeah. is quite beneficial. And the entire USP is that currently we are the only system that gives you, uh, in this blind spot, in this planet boundary layer, accurate readings for all of these parameters. Mm -hmm. So even um, if you look at instruments like radar or laser-based systems, and so on, they all are lacking certain technical issues um, that they don't work, especially in those situations where it's becoming interesting. Mm -hmm. A laser won't go through the clouds. So, but we are interested in, 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 in fog resolvement, for instance. 
and some other instruments are also lacking problems with that because you cannot easily assimilate these data. So this is extremely unique and, and this is why, for instance, the National Med Service like NOAA asked us to join this research project in the States. Come on, you get goosebumps <laughs> if the United States of America some some product from you. Sure. Well, come on, we are based in St. Gallen in the United States of America order. And this is something uh, really exciting. I can also imagine, you know, customers who maybe buy the drone next year, they're updated. And like this, they can always get the newest ones if they have a subscription. <clears throat> um, if they have some sort of subscription, exactly. This helps us, especially in this hardware context, to keep up with, with uh, the latest trends. Yeah. Um, of course, you have some, some maintenance because uh, some of the components get used, like the gearboxes of the, the yeah. motors and temperature sensors and so on, and humidity sensors. Good. Second question from the audience is from Yehuda Reis, also through WhatsApp, and he wants to know the following, which I think is also very interesting. How do you think deep learning can improve the information and data that you bring to your customers? Mathematician, so please excuse my, my answer to <laughs> yeah, Maybe this is the second hype after blockchain. <laughs> yeah, in each of our propellers is the deep learning. <laughs> uh, to be honest, um, I've seen these trendy technologies um, for about 20 years. So 20 years ago, they were called neural networks. <laughs> and uh, each discipline in, in sciences start using it. Year after year, you start in mathematics with it, and computer sciences, and chemistry, and, and everyone said, well, neural networks is the best thing ever. And, and then you start seeing these trends disappearing. The reason was that neural networks can help you in some situations, but generally the big problem is that, that you handle them as black box. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what's going on. And often it helps to, to, to run a physical model and put in as much as knowledge that you have about a certain problem, physics, law of physics around mm -hmm. it, and to tweak that in a statistical way. And after neural networks um, were out of business, then uh, machine learning came. Yeah. And now you call it deep learning. Uh, of course, uh, some so might it's, it's trendy. But it's trendy. And the best thing about neural networks, just to be really, is a, is a name. Yeah. It, it, it sounds smart. <laughs> and in, and in the end, if you would call it a nonlinear regression, no one would buy it. But neural network yes. contains smartness. So, but uh, look, I think I, we have some, some neural networks somehow. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, so. Very good. What would you like to see in the next five years in your ecosystem? I would like to have a European-wide regulation uh, how to uh, how small UAVs are handled um, and are integrated in airspace. So currently, we have a situation that each country um, handles this individually, and uh, it's more or less is rather similar from one country to the other, but. Uh, It, it is not the same, which hinders you doing projects immediately in, in Germany, Austria, and so on. So this is something that I would really appreciate. Sure. What quality is most important to in an entrepreneur? Something that I, I will never get used to, that you can have today the best day in your life <laughs> because you got a massive um, contract. Um, and the very next day, you learn that one of The major customer still hasn't paid. <laughs> so it's still this, this the up and downs, and, and a lot of things won't work out. So this, this is, I think, this is the most important point. 
that um, you even interview often only successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. And, and the reason is, I mean, uh, everyone likes to know about his success, but the truth is that 90% of all the things that we do fail. Yeah. And we don't tell anyone. And <laughs> and, 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 should talk about that. Yeah, yeah, and if you like to have some interesting conversations in, at some um, party, then you should better uh, start talking about those things that sure. you pay. Sure. How do you recommend startups reach out to investors? It was a disaster in our case. So I pitched uh, for our A series maybe a hundred times. Yeah. And then I start learning that I find easier customers for our existing products. And then I stop pitching when it went <laughs> yeah exactly when, when it went profitable yeah. and then they came oh hmm, there might be something in, in your business that is interesting but for for a one and a half years I pitched 100, 150 times and, and no one was interested it was, it was well, a time. I tell you like, my next question would have been or is what is the best selling strategy I wouldn't do the same if I had to start um, another company I wouldn't do it in the same way and the reason is the following often you see startups that say dear investor give me 500,000 euros uh, I can manufacture this for 5 euros and after a year we make out of your 500,000 euros 5 million something like this mm -hmm. they really literally show a product that we are going to sell but in our situation it's very indirect so we need some funding to build something get some data out of it the data is where you put in our weather model yeah. and then from this weather model we create a wind power forecast and then we sell it so it's a disaster a lot of investors don't get the idea it should be more direct right. direct products um, what do you look for when you hire? commitment so um, and, and of course skill set yeah. um, but uh, for us it's, it's important that people join the team fit into the yeah. team culture yeah, exactly, and that you really feel this, this holy fire <laughs> in their hearts, that they, they really like to, to do business with large enterprises um, like Porsche, Mercedes, Google, Amazon, they, they feel this honor to do business with these companies and don't take it as, yeah, maybe it could be a awesome. job. Yeah. <laughs>
that this sort of thinking is driving this, the mindset in, mm -hmm. in a very positive way. So they want you to fly. There's no one that's going to hinder you. But the important point is that the community often doesn't understand that they need to consider uh, some, some safety um, points here. Yeah. And to be honest, it would be very much the same if you are driving on a highway with 100 kmh and you have this in your windscreen. You don't want to have this. <laughs> yes. and, and this exactly is the point, the whole story about it. You need to make sure that your operations that you are conducting are safe Of course, there's always a small probability, 10 to the power of minus 7 or something like this, where something could happen. But you should try to ensure that your operations are safe. Yeah. Very good. Good. So thank you very much for all of these insights. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, everybody who tuned in today. And make sure to stay um, a little bit longer for the preview for next week. And I'll see you there and have a great day.